millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Rotor Report podcast. I'm your host Gav and it's the review show time uh, as we run over all of this weekend's action in a bit of detail. Uh, I thought today that I would be joined as always by Martin Wanders in Australia, but he isn't here. So he's able replacement is Craig Chapman. How are you doing mate? You're not in Australia are you? Uh, definitely not. I am in the cold northeast. <laughs> although to be fair we've had a nice prolonged decent patch of, of warm weather of late but it's, uh, it's very very cold this evening. Definitely not Australia. Well, I've heard, yeah, I've heard it's going to be crap next week. So where Martin is in, in Australia at the minute, it's it's like their winter time, isn't it? So it's not it's not the best. So we can't we can't even shade the weather there. We've um <laughs> we've actually probably got better better weather than he has. Enough weather chat. People don't want to listen to us talk about that. They came talk about uh, Sunderland one, Bolton Wanderers nil. Wasn't the best game of football I've ever watched. Uh, when I when I went down for a pint uh, just before half time. And I was listening to what people were saying to each other, sort of in the queue. A lot, pretty much everyone, strangely, was saying this is the worst we've played all season. This is a crap game of football, blah blah blah. And it hadn't really dawned on us to that point. I thought we'd actually done all right in the first half, but second half, big style was a a bit of a barrage from Bolton. Actually, and we had to defend quite a lot and and work very hard and really sort of got a little bit lucky in the end with one or two chances that I guess um, better teams might have taken, but. Ultimately, we got the three points, and although it felt like a little bit of an escape, um, we you know clean sheet. We we haven't kept a lot of them this season, and I think you made a point to me before we we chatted that you know we've, we've kept two clean sheets since that collapse last weekend at Fleetwood. Um, so overall, overall, actually, good three points when you consider how Bolton played. Yeah, well, that's I think that's the most important thing first and foremost was after last week where we just ultimately fell apart in that last ten minutes. So we needed a decent mm. reply. Um, can't really take too much from the Wigan game in midweek because there was much change. But um, it, it was it was really good to see that uh, that we kept them out yesterday. And I think credit to, to Bolton. Obviously, they've received a lot of plaudits online, and they um you know they didn't go into yesterday's game with the mentality like they're they're a newly promoted side at all. We we get a lot of teams who'll come up here and, and maybe try and shut up shop and frustrate us, but. Um, you know they they took the game to us. I I somewhat disagree with uh, Ian Everett saying that they dominated the game. Um, I think it was fairly open. It was it was a bloody good advert for League One football in fairness. But um, you you're quite right. It's interesting how many you know people have different views of us. I I don't think we played 
bad at all, really. I think it, I think it was quite a close contest. But you know, you, we've we've took three points, and that's the most important thing. It's a sign of a promotion winning side, really, isn't it? If you're not your best and you're still winning, and I think Bolton really mm. they they were at their peak yesterday. At least at least that's what I I, I I'm assuming you know based on their their post match comment because Ian Everett was saying that uh, they played better yesterday than they did when they beat Ipswich 5-2 the other week. So I think that's a pretty yeah, telling I was, statement. I was, just, I was just reading what he said, actually, and um, the one that stood at me, he said, the whole second half, we had them pinned in. You could only hear our fans, which is a lot, load of shit, to be fair, but yeah. You could only hear our fans, and that's a mark of how well we are playing. I'm sure anybody who watched that game will be proud of their team and proud of their performance because it's a long time since Bolton Wanderers have come away from home to big places like this and dominated a game like that. I mean, yeah, they, they did play very well second half Bolton, um, but I don't think it was the, I don't, I don't think they absolutely battered us like like he's maybe suggesting there. I mean, um, that comment about the fans, yeah, he might have just been playing to the crowd a bit there, trying to sort of big his team up on the back of losing the game really. But um, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not really in agreement with them. I think personally that had Bolton had. Um, a, a decent centre forward that probably would have got something out of the game. Yeah. They just they couldn't convert the chances, could they? Well, that's that's it really. Um, I mean, they went toe to toe with us for a large period of the game, and I think the longer it went on, I, I know you do that sort of oh Christ at Sunderland thing, but um, they just did not look like scoring. The uh, they they seen large large portions of uh, of the ball, but like like you said, they they were very very wasteful and. I think um, you know these these sort of post match comments uh, from from obviously from Everett from the Accrington manager a couple of weeks ago. It, it seems to just be parlor tricks, really. That they're they're talking up their side and 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 look fair play to them. You know they've they've come away from home and they've they've given it a good go. But just like every other team we've played at home this season, they've all left empty handed. So that's that's the biggest the biggest thing for me yesterday. Regardless of how well he believes his side play, we've still come away with all three points. Yeah, we've had a question on Twitter from Michael Wooden, and he's asking whether we had a nice day out on Saturday. Don't know if you can tell by my voice, but um, I'm a little bit worse for wear today, so that's how much of a good day out I had, Michael. <laughs> but um, yeah, we we made the most of it after the game about six o'clock this morning before I went to bed. I'm getting too old for this shit, man. I think um, I think me and you had two very different Saturdays. To be fair, you doing <laughs> that, but uh, not to be fair. I um I had my little girl with me. She's four year old, and she's she's really got the bug for Sunderland at the moment. And um, yeah, I saw your photo. I saw your photos as well with the players. It yeah, great. coming out at full time. Um, I mean, she was deeply concerned and keep asking me how how Dennis was doing. Um, obviously after Dennis Serpa <laughs> went down injured in the second half, so we popped round and um and all the players made such a tremendous fuss over. Over all the families and everything outside, it was it was great to see. So you know, rather than walking away from the stadium at five o'clock, we stood there at half past six chatting to everybody, and it was just really good to see. Um, you know, like a real good feel feel good factor around the place again. All the players coming out with a smile on the face, even the lads who didn't get on, the lads on the bench, everybody had that spring in the step. So it's um, it's just nice going to the stadium light. It is. It is like I, I I've I've said that a few times to people. In fact, just standing in the crowd with me mates, like on Saturday, I turn. I was like, "Isn't it nice just coming to watch us now?" Like, you turn up, you turn up, and you know you're going to watch a decent game of football. There's that. I mean, even even though Bolton were um for for big periods of the game in in charge of the ball and what have you, um, I mean, I was still really entertained. I mean, some of the chances we missed, that uh, Pritchard one, for instance. Mm-hmm. I mean the foot. I'm gutted that never went in because the foot. I mean, I've just watched it back before I came on. Um, 
the football and the build. I mean, one touch passes around the corner. Sort of McGeary. I mean, it shows how much he's changed his sort of game actually. Um, over over the sort of last year or so since he came back in under Lee Johnson because he played a, a pass around the corner in the build up to the to the chance for Pritchard and then you see him absolutely busting a gut to stop to to give Winch I think it was Winchester an option down the right hand side um, and I'd, I'd, he didn't used to do stuff like that I think what you're seeing now from Sunderland is sort of like everyone's bought into the mentality the philosophy that Johnson's trying to impress on, on the players they're all buying into it um, and the result of that is like you know turn up to games and you know we used to have them these, these spells under Ross and Parkinson where we'd have one game where we looked like world beaters and then we'd have another one where we were just lumping it forward and we couldn't compete Whereas um, like even even when we've been disappointing, you know we got beat off Burton. We were brilliant in that game. Fleetwood drew two all last week, but uh, you know the football and the goals and stuff in that game. I mean, we, we, even when we're not getting the result we need, we're playing good stuff. And it, like you say, the whole experience of just going to the game is a lot better now, which is probably why um, I think my lot the lads I go with we just we keep making a big day of it. it. Used to be a case of oh god we're playing. Oh well, I'm just gonna take the car through and shoot off straight after the match but now we're making a big day of it just because we're enjoying it again and it's nice to finally be back at football games yeah I think uh, it's funny there's you see you see on like the socials there's a like a quote that's going around at the moment like a reverse snobbery because we 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 can't do right for wrong in this division if you celebrate a goal while you're at your Sunderland you shouldn't be in league one this that and the other and you know if you're getting beat off somebody or if yeah you're not taking maximum points people are having a go at us or but it's like you said, I think um, if it feels much, much different this time round. It has the hallmarks already of not necessarily saying running away with it because I don't want to get uh, you know too overconfident at this stage, but we've, we've started tremendously well. Um, and I think that was the most mm. important thing off the back of last season after such another disappointment considering we couldn't go all season and then we get beat in the playoffs. And um, you know we could have had a much different start say if we lost that game to Wigan on the opening day but um, I think everybody's behind them at the moment the atmosphere yesterday in the final stages to get them over the line was was superb the the attendance has obviously gone up it's um, it's just a real good place to be around at the moment and and long may it may continue because I think as this goes on as the, the, the long the longer we um, we keep putting teams away at home especially the the supposed big teams in the the division or the fancy teams because I think that's six teams in the top uh, in the top half of the table that we've beat now. Nobody's going to want to mm-hmm. come close, and especially if you look at Cheltenham um, come midweek. You know they've um, they've hit a bit of a sticky patch as well. So I think um, I think somebody's going to get a good eye off us at some point, and we will convert all these chances. Aye, uh, and and like I've said that a while as well. Like we're going to give somebody a proper backside tannin, like eventually, because I mean the way we play. We're going to come up against a total a team who are a total mismatch for that style of football, um. And I'm I mean we'll get on to Cheltenham, but I'm praying it's them, um. I mean it's not just the it's not just the the when we're we're talking about the football that we're playing, I'm not just talking about the attacking stuff either. I mean the defending on Saturday, I mean so good. Like I think it was Carl Winchester actually. I mean regardless of the fact he he scored a goal, his. One v defending one v one, nipping the ball away from people's feet and stuff. Like, honestly, God, I would. I, I'm starting to look at him now and think I would. I would never move him in the midfield. He's so good at right back. He's just such a good defender and he's so good on the ball. And then alongside him, you've got um, obviously Flanagan, who a total um, 
he just come out with the, he's come out of nowhere really this season and and really established himself. After I would I would say and nobody can really argue with the three poor years at Sunderland really for him, he's never been more than than bang average really. But this season, I mean, it showed how much we missed him when he didn't play at Fleetwood because he come back in the team yesterday. We look more organised. We look we we just look better. Um, I think to be fair, I'm talking about defending. I've got to I've got to maybe even it out a bit. Probably the worst I've seen Doyle play, and it wasn't his defending that was poor. It was, it was his passing out from the back. It was particularly in the first half. I can I count four or five occasions where he was passing the ball in the areas where we were under pressure or the player wasn't ready to receive it. Um, when I was talking to me, talking to my dad about it, like I, I said, well, that's why he's been sent here, isn't it? That's why he's, Man City have sent him to Sunderland at seventeen year old because he's going to make their mistakes here, and that's I think it's part and parcel of just accepting him like he's why he's here. Callum Doyle, he's, he's going to make mistakes. Um, but what I like about him is, is that he doesn't, he doesn't let that phase him. So yeah, I can remember when, nah, I remember that first season and at this level under Jack Ross when Bald, Baldwin was a bit like that. Jack Baldwin, he he was a good ball playing defender, and when he, he made a mistake like what Doyle was making on Saturday, he went into his shell and he started hoofing it along and he was making mistakes. Like it just does not phase Callum Doyle at all, does it? No, and like you said, for for someone who at that age, you know, you could very easily get overawed. Seventeen year old playing in front of thirty two thousand fans, you make a mistake. But um, again, the good thing about that spirit around the team at the moment is, you know, everybody straight away there offer that level of reassurance. It's all pats on the back. They're all recognizing when somebody's you know done something well, whether it's a last minute challenge or mm. whether it's a good save. And um, and like you said, look, he's probably going to have. A good few of those games this season where perhaps he doesn't stand out and be the number one defender on the day and you know that's absolutely fine but um it's it's like you said man city have sent him here to basically to learn and he's he's come here to play men's level of football he's going to have times where he's going to be bullied off the ball but um again just a, a total all-round excellent performance i think across the back four i mean you're talking about carl winchester if you think back to that january recruitment now where we brought him and ross stewart in there was a, again, I think it's reasonable to say that there was a section of the fan base who was slightly underwhelmed that we're looking to bring, you know, a striker in from Ross County who didn't have the best of records. And then we brought Winchester in from Forest Green and you're looking at it and you think, are these going to actually add anything to the team? And here we are nine months later on and they're, they're both ever presence. Winchester, in, mm. in fairness, I mean, he's he's been absolutely incredible this season. There's been that clamour. For one nine to perhaps drop into defence at some point, or Winchester to go into midfield, and like you say, there's there's just not a chance that you'd want to take him out because he had something completely different. I think Saturday in particular, it was it was a captain's performance from him, and um, yeah, again, yeah. he just doesn't get phased by anything, I, nothing at all. I thought his his passing was good, and when he's got that confidence going forward, he um he really does offer us something completely different to what we've had in the past few years. So. You know, long may that continue getting that sort of performance from him. But um, again, if you you look what we've got waiting in the wings, we've got obviously Huggins who could potentially come in. You've got Denver Hume who could come back in at left back if if Sergin is yeah. uh, is going to be out for a period of time. So we're spoiled for for players at the moment. But um, it's an embarrassment mm. of riches. And and you know, like you say, if, if Doyle, for example, was to to have a bad game, then he can come out at any time, and and then they're all going to have a fight. To, to retain their positions, but it's it's an excellent position that we're in at the moment. Yeah, I'm I'm since we're talking about Winchester where they've talked about his goalin, um the goal itself was brilliant, I thought. I thought Elliot Hamilton's pass to play Dennis Certain down the left hand side was a great ball. But then it was the sheer determination and the and the strength from Certain to sort of shrug his man off, 
get down um, the outside, win the ball, and then put it into a dangerous area. Like you talk, we talk about this all the time. That that sort of area towards the back post is the most dangerous place to put the ball because nobody really picks up the runner. And it's this season it seems to be Winchester. I mean, he scored two goals in the last what fortnight or so, just just by getting in that area. Uh, obviously, different types of assists, but the point being that. You know, you go full back to full back with the ball, um, and no, nobody picks him up, and he's a good finisher. We've seen he scored three goals this season now from playing right back. Uh, he's got a really good finish on him. Um, the goal itself, like like I say, it's indicative of the way we're playing, isn't it? It's like just nice to watch. Yeah, and um, if if you, I think if you've got somebody like Winchester who's going to get forward at every opportunity, he. Um... He is going to carve out those those chances, and you know if it falls to somebody like him, he's, I mean he's he's got a hell of a, a hell of a shot on him that could have quite easily went over the bar, um, but uh, to keep it down, circuit in fairness, I mean um for for that ball and and throughout the course of the afternoon, his his crosses he caused them all sorts of problems, and it was just a shame that he was he, my, uh, he was my man in the match. Yeah, he was he, he was off. brilliant. It was just a shame that he was forced off. I mean we're. Sincerely hope his injury is not as bad as it um as it could be with with it potentially being a concussion. But I think between them, they they basically won us the game. Them too. I I thought they're excellent going yeah. forward. Um, any chance of Bolton really were breaking at us, they they this they really sort of nullified their threat. They were they were honestly. I I thought they were that that was the big the big difference between us and them. I know they had a lot large large times on the ball, but um I think I think the quality really shone through in the end. Yeah, and speaking of. Embleton's quality then um, he kind of shoehorned Pritchard into the team through Gucci's absence didn't he um, forcing Embleton into a weird I think he, they, they did rotate quite a bit but mm-hmm. largely Embleton played on the left uh, which he, to be fair he can play there but Lee Johnson in his after match uh, comments on the on the website he was talking about how we basically had three tens and we were we were desperate for sort of penetration from those players and it was difficult because they're not really other than McGeady, who is a winger, like you're not really going to get penetration from those players. And we've actually had quite a lot of people uh, commenting on the fact Gooch was missing because I was one of one of the people who were would were quite happy for you know to us to see something different um, with Gooch out the team. I think um, Dinero Miguel on Twitter he's asked, "Do you think we lacked something going forward without Gooch?" And uh, it's a fair point, I think. Actually, considering I don't really think Gooch has played particularly well. This season, um, we did miss somebody like him on the pitch. It's weird, isn't it? Like this happened with Flanagan the other week when when we didn't have him. Like you think, oh, we can probably cope without him, but then you actually in the in the in the sort of reflection of the game, you, you see where you were maybe missing that little bit of what they can bring to the team. Um, and we've had quite a few people actually asking about what we make of the um Pritchard v Embleton situation with that ten rule. And how it all basically how all this feeds in. Like I don't know what your thoughts thoughts on that are, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a difficult one because Embleton's been so important so far this season, and Pritchard hasn't had a chance. Um, I, I, yeah, it's difficult to really work out what what to do with him, isn't it? Yeah, I would say so. Um, I mean, Embleton probably by his own standards, he he was quiet in spells, but you know every time he got the ball, there was some neat touches around the area. Pritchard really, I mean, we've talked about it already, but if he if he puts that one away from McGeady's little flick on in the second half, you're talking about yeah. that being goal of the month straight away. 
and yeah, that, that could be the making of him in this team as well if he scores yeah. a goal like that. I mean, all he was all he had to do was get on the end of it and finish it off. And I mean, if you we could have been sat here talking about oh, Alex Pritchard's up and running, he's scored. But sat, I mean, to be fair, like, it was a good save by the keeper. He got in the right place. Oh, it was excellent. Had to, had to yeah. make himself big. I think what I'd like to see on Tuesday is I just want us to be a little bit more aggressive and um and I think I think that will come. The the issue that we've got, of course, is if, you know, we we have to chop and change every now and again because of injuries or suspensions and things like that, we may may lack that cohesion and they may need to get used to playing with each other for a bit of familiarity. But um yeah, I, I agree with uh, with the guy who sent the initial question on Twitter. I, I think we missed we missed Gucci's I think some of the the stuff he does goes unnoticed at times. He's 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 a very fiery character, but he, he seems to get us down the field at least 10, 20 yards. And when we were penned in the other day, I think I think that's what we really could have done with. I think he would have got us further up the pitch. Mm. Um But look again, like I said, it's an embarrassment of riches. So when he comes back from injury, he's not necessarily guaranteed his place straight away. And obviously Pritchard, mm. he, you know, he done well, Embleton done well. And then you've got Diaku who came on as well. And I mean, look, he's it's gonna come on to him, he actually. was electric he's yesterday. He was, you know, maybe a little indecisive, maybe trying to be a bit too flashy at times. But I, th- I think that's what you can perhaps expect from from like a luxury player, at least what we've been told we're going to get. But mm-hmm. again, if you, if you look at the options we've got, if if it was a promotion rival, if it was somebody like Wigan or anybody else up the top of the, the division, we'd, we'd be worried. Um Oh, totally, so yeah. I mean, thankfully that's Lee Johnson's problem to work out. Um, but yeah, I think I think if we were going into Tuesday night now, I, I'd probably keep it as it was from the uh, from the Bolton game and 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 just play it from there really. But um, mm. they've all got to impress when they take the chance. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was going to come on to Diakou, so I might as well talk about me when he came on. He you could see he was like eager, and we've seen this with pretty much all these young lads. I think. Um, Especially in the home games at the stadium, like when they're getting that first opportunity to show what they can do, um, they're probably not playing the normal game. Like I think it's take you can see it was Sirkin. He's his first appearance compared to Saturday, um, miles apart. Like he's so much better, and that's just as a result of settling in. And uh, I would be I would be sort of keen to point out to people not to judge these players too early. Like I thought actually Huggins did well when he came on. I thought considering he's he's he looks pretty right footed, um. I think he done really well, and it looks like well, if certain went off with a concussion, which I think he did, which is the reason why we were allowed that extra sub. That means he's gonna probably be missing now till next weekend, which gives um, which gives this is what we've been saying about these players. They're gonna get their chances. Huggins is gonna get a chance on Tuesday, and he's gonna have to um make it very difficult for Lee Johnson to drop him next weekend, and that's what we want. We want strong competition from these players. Um, <clears throat> similarly, Diaku came on and um. Could have scored an absolute world either, couldn't he? <laughs> when th- that one when he that one when he turned his man twice and then he had a chance to shoot and instead of shooting he went to go back down the outside and just got sort of dispossessed um and lost the ball. But you're right, I think he looked electric. Like I think our fans are gonna love him because we love players who play like that. Who just sort of they're not scared to take risks and, and the the like the like flashy, you know, turns and tricks and flicks and Showboating and embarrassing other defend like embarrassing the defenders. We we love players like that, and yeah. um, that's where he can sort of fill the void because I know McGeady traditionally was thought of as a player like that, but it's not really. I think he's had to adapt his game a lot as he's got older, and he doesn't do much of that stuff anymore. Like he's capable of the odd spin on the ball, and um, he's very good at sitting defenders down and stuff. But 
he doesn't really play like he maybe did 10 years ago, 15 years ago, Aidan McGeady. Whereas um, Derek is like just starting out and um, I think every team needs a maverick, don't they, on the wings. Yeah, quite right. And um, I mean, it's it's annoying because I think he had he had two really good chances. And uh, the, the first one I think he really should have took, but the, the late chance where he, he blazed it over, you can perhaps forgive him for that one. But it, it's like you've said, I, th- I think it's quite easy to forget just how young these lads are. And they are very, very keen and eager to impress. Um, they'll be looking at somebody, say, like like Doyle, who's coming at the age of 17, and he's he's basically took our defence by storm. And then you think of Huggins. I mean, Christ almighty, that lad looks like he's 10 years old. But um, <laughs> the, the, the vol, the, they've all impressed after a, after a couple of games, and they will take a little while yeah. to bed in. It was the same with Torben Hoffman on his first game. You, you, could, you could tell that he, you know, he was... He, Maybe a little bit reckless in the first ten minutes or so, diving out um, when perhaps he should have been a little bit more more reserved. But I, I think I think what Johnson's perhaps done is he's getting into uh, players' ears, you know, to say like, look, enjoy it, but um, you know, let's let's make sure that we don't lose focus. And and I think that's the biggest testament of the lads so far is that we've had a tremendous start, yeah. but um, we're we're not we're not getting too carried away with it. And um and I think for Dayak he'll give him a couple of games and uh, and I think he'll he'll really find his feet here. Mm. I I tell you who I was impressed with their their centre half Santos. I thought he was great. Like I thought it's the first time this season I've seen Ross Stewart meet his match. Like you know Stewart actually played quite well I thought, but in those situations in in earlier games this season where he would traditionally sort of get down the out get long balls in in behind like really really good at getting down the down the side of the defender and um and and winning the ball and Santos just had his card marked like and I, I never heard I've never actually seen the lad play before before Saturday. Um looked him up, he's only twenty six year old, big big sort of beast of a centre half, isn't he? He must be six foot four or five. I mean, he looked huge. Um it was interesting to see Stuart meet his match, wasn't it? Yeah, I think um I mean Credit to Bolton, really, because I think in the first kind of uh, like ten minutes or so, like the there was a back pass. I think it might have been Santos, where where Stewart maybe had a chance to where uh, to sneak in, and I think at that point we'd we'd would unsettle them a little bit, um, perhaps had them on the ropes for a little bit, and then obviously when the keeper had his injury, that's where it kind of took the sting out of it a little bit, and I think that's where they were yeah. able to sort of stabilize and, and calm themselves down. Um, who knows? Maybe if it was. Um, if it was on another day, if they, they didn't get that opportunity to have a little bit of respite when the keeper got injured, where you know we really might have, really might have put them away. But um, you're right, he was impressive. But I think Stewart again equally impressive. He does a, a different job to what we've had, and um, you know you don't want to keep mentioning Charlie White's name, but you find yourself doing it every week. But um, <laughs> the 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 chalk and cheese, and I think for example last season we were setting up in a very particular way where everything had to come from McGeady to him. And you know a lot of people are saying McGeady's not doing as much this season, and it's it's not to say that we don't need Aid McGeady, but we're not as reliant on Aid McGeady to do the work for us. And um, and I think mm-hmm. Stewart will benefit from that as well because he's got so many, so many players behind him now who were who are chomping at the bit to give him the ball. And you know he did he didn't uh, he didn't score yesterday, but uh, but I think he'll be banging form for the next game. But you're going to get these sorts of games where you're going to get big big physical defenders trying to. Trying to close up shop at times, but uh, yeah, again, it's it's one of those. I think I think Stewart was absolutely fine. Yeah, Andy gave uh, man the match on the site in his ratings to Carl Winchester. Would you necessarily disagree? He said that he just pipped Dennis Serkin to it. Um, 
I, I think that's the way we've been talking. We'd probably match up with that, right? I, I think he was brilliant, Manchester. Like, yeah, argument to be had for both of them, but um, I, I think I think Winchester is the only person I can honestly say who's probably not dipped below maybe like a nine yeah. or a ten out of ten every single week um, so far this season. And if you think. Although the position is an alien to him because he's played right back um, in his career. He played right back for Lee Johnson a number of years ago. But the, the, if you look at our defence and you think you've got young boys in there. Sergan's a young lad. Doyle's a young lad. Flanagan, again, he's come off a bit of a shaky end of last season. And then Winchester, who is traditionally a midfielder. It's a bit of a makeshift back line. But the way that they've performed together has been absolutely exceptional. And like I said, Winchester bombing up and down that, uh, that pitch, he's... He's a superb signing. I, th- I think if people didn't know an awful lot about him and you just told someone, this is a lad we've just signed now to play right back, then they'd be convinced that we've just pulled you know, one of the best transfer deals out of the bag. And um, mm. yeah, I think, I know it was mentioned in the press the other day, Lee Johnson talking about uh, a little bit of a worry or an anxiety about people sniffing around our players come January. I, I think there could be a bit of interest in him. So um, fingers crossed we can kind of keep some of the championship clubs uh, away from the likes of him, from Stewart and, and from anybody else because, um, you know, we're performing well, we're grabbing the headlines now so it's it's reasonable to suggest that we'll have people people there knocking at the door in, in the next window. Yeah. Uh, since you mentioned it earlier, we'll talk about it. Cheltenham on Tuesday. Uh, don't really know a great deal about them before, before I came on. You're like, well, do you know anything about them? I, I literally don't really know much about Cheltenham um, other than the fact that they lost 2-0 to Wigan on Saturday uh, they're missing four of their best players by all accounts, so I think it's a good time to probably be playing them. They've just they've just lost a game. They're probably lacking a little bit in confidence, having lost the, some of their better players. Um, are you, are you optimistic? Because I I am like I'm every game at the minute. Just can't wait to see us playing. I think um, I keep saying this, but and this isn't to be disrespectful to Cheltenham, but when you come up against sides like Cheltenham at the Stadium of Light. If you want to get promoted, you've got to get three points in these games because you know for a fact that Wigan will. Um, so, you know, they're, they're the pace setters at the minute. They're, they're the only team above us. And they beat them at the weekend. We've got to go and do the same, haven't we? Yeah, totally agree with that. And I think, um, you know, with the way everybody's talking about how this season feels different and stuff like that, this is normally one of those, um, one of those fixtures in the last seasons where we perhaps would have had teams like Cheltenham and, and, and other teams come up and, and frustrate the life out of us and, and you know maybe leave with a point we kind of have that this season we're, we've got to ensure that we we go into every game with the ambition of winning it and I, th- I think we will um I think I think that's the way that Johnson's setting us up and you're right about that yeah. the way the way that we're feeling going to the match now it, it does have that you know the, the feelings somewhat familiar to, uh, to when Peter Reid was in charge during his promotion seasons he would turn up every week and just say right we're going to win today it's just the case of how many buy and um I I look like I said I don't know an awful lot about Cheltenham. Whilst we're sat here talking, I was thinking, have we actually played Cheltenham before? And I just googled it and I thought, Christ Almighty, one of the fixtures that's come up. If we cast our memory back to the two thousand and five six season, which is not one to remember, but we played them in the League Cup, and Anthony Latalak yeah. scored. So, what a <laughs> what a memorable evening that was, and uh, yeah, horrendous. Wow. Dan Smith sent off, who obviously famously upset Arsene Wenger later in that season. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, look, with like I said, no disrespect to Cheltenham. I don't know anything about them. That might bite me on in the arse come Tuesday night, 
and uh, somebody from not the top 20 or D3, D4 can section this clip off and, uh, and see why we should have done our homework. But I think we've just got to look at every single game from now and we've just got to say, look, you know, we've got to, we've got to win all of our home games. And I think the fact that we've, we've done five on the spin, we've had some tough games at home and we've come away without dropping a point, we've just got to continue with that. Um, so, yeah, I think I think Cheltenham have got to be a little bit fearful. As you've mentioned, they've got a couple of injuries and stuff like that. Look, um, maybe, maybe it's one of them where they can keep the score to a minimum, but even if we win 1 or 2 nil, I'll be over the moon. We've just got to try and keep pace at the top of the league now. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at the results and they've, they've actually picked up some decent wins this season. They, they beat Ipswich 2-1, but I think everyone did for that first month or so. Yeah, um, Ipswich are terrible at the minute. They, they got... Yeah, they got they got through to the third round of the League Cup. They only got they got beat off Preston last week. Um, drew away at Burton, which we got beat there. Um, drew with MK Dons who had a canny start. They beat Charlton. They beat Oxford. So they're not mugs like I think they've come up. They've come up um, like Bolton have with some momentum. I think that's one thing that you notice with um, teams coming up from League Two. The ones the ones that have been used to winning all year last year. I mean, they they come they come in this league with nothing to fear. They they win they win inside. You know they don't a lot of them don't just suddenly become very bad at winning again. Um, so I'm I'm certainly not going to take them lightly. And I'm, I'm sure Lee Johnson won't either. Um, but with that in mind, like I said before, we have, we have to go into these games and be confident. Um, is there any major changes you'd make to the team? I threw it out on Twitter, asking people what they thought uh, Lee Johnson should do regarding changes. Obviously, we mentioned before. Um, certain will miss out. I think based on the fact Huggins was on the bench and then came onto the pitch, he'll probably play left back. So that's a given. I think it's probably too early to say that Denver Hume will get in the team. I don't think he's even played twenty threes football yet, has he? So um, I would yeah imagine Huggins comes in at left back. Um, a lot of people wondering whether because I think Gooch will probably be missing again. Um, whether there should be some sort of change in in those attacking midfield positions. I, People want to see Nathan Broadhead play, don't they? And I was surprised he didn't get on the pitch, to be honest, at the weekend, considering how well he played in the Cup. So there's an opportunity, isn't there, there, really? And you're looking at it and thinking, could you maybe bring out Pritchard and put Broadhead into the team and try something a little bit different? I mean, just we keep saying this, just good good problems to have these, aren't there, really? Yeah, and... Um... I think the last thing that we should be looking to do is is put ourselves in a position where we make that many changes that um that obviously we can maybe lose a bit and and then obviously you know then you've got the excuses of dropping points so I I try and keep it as consistent as we can it's a winning side I don't think anybody really in the side done anything that would warrant them being dropped but of course we've got a tough game next weekend down at Portsmouth as well so maybe maybe something to keep an eye on so if you're looking at maybe rest some of the players. You know, perhaps Aid McGeady, of course, you know, in by Aid McGeady's own words, he can play as many games as he can um in the course of a week, which is absolutely fine. But again, there is a lot of players who who perhaps do warrant a start at some point. Broadhead done incredibly well down at Wigan. He took his goal exceptionally well. There's still even a case for somebody like O'Brien to have more involvement because the last involvement he had was obviously scoring that hat trick down at Blackpool and he hasn't been seen since. But um, again, all we can say, it's it's a really, really nice problems to have. But if somebody doesn't perform on the night and somebody comes in and fills the void, then um, then obviously that's going to be their position until until obviously they come out again. But yeah, um, no changes from me. I try and keep it as consistent as we can. Just go into it with a bit more momentum again. Um, probably reasonable to suggest that the crowd's going to be somewhat smaller. Um, 
and hopefully yeah. the fans can obviously match Saturday's atmosphere because I think that played a, a massive, massive helping hand in getting us over the line at the end. Yeah, yeah. Peter Stamp on Twitter has said um, he would make four changes. He would uh, play Diaco Wimbledon and Broadhead as the three behind Ross Stewart. So he'd drop McGeady and Pritchard. And he would like to see Alves come in for Doyle because he thinks he needs a rest. I mean, there's quite a lot of mixed opinions on this, actually, on Twitter when we're looking through. A lot of people want to see Broadhead play. I see at Steve2013, he, he wants to see Broadhead play. Um, just scrolling further down, Mark Triggs, again, another who wants to see Broadhead in the team. Um, quite a lot of people, Richie and Josh, they both want to see Diaku play. So it should be interesting. I don't think Johnson's going to make any major changes. I think he's quite happy, isn't he? With, with the way things are going. Yeah, and I think based on, you know, last season, the fact that he had to keep chopping and changing and um, with the back line, the amount of injuries we had and stuff like that, um, mm. I think he'll try to look to avoid that again at all costs. Even, um, you know, if you, you look at recent weeks, 9 has been used as a bit of a battering ram at times, hasn't he? And, um, and perhaps he hasn't looked fully fit and we've got concerns about, um, about obviously, his ongoing condition, but it's one of those isn't it it's like if if he say drops McGeady and one of these lads come in and they, they don't perform and then obviously straight away people are going to be critical over the decision but I think again as as long as we're winning games you just you just don't change a winning team and, and they, these lads are going to be buzzing going into every game at the at the minute especially you mm-hmm. know the way that the react has beaten beaten Bolton I mean there was a couple of drops of the, the floor I think they were knackered by the end of it of course but it must be good turning up every single week, winning games, especially considering last season it was played basically behind closed doors. I think I think they're all raring to go. And again, for, for those who aren't getting in, they're just going to have to buy the time, unfortunately. The Papa John's Trophy games will come up at some point. Obviously, we've got QPR way coming up as well. That'll be their chances, but um, for the minute at least, I'm, I'm seeing no changes. Yeah, I'm going, in terms of a score prediction, I'm going to go with what you said earlier. I think we're going to battle somebody soon. I think it might be these. I think they're missing quite a lot of players and um, we might just be catching them at the right time. So I'm fancying a 3-0. What about you? Are you, are you as confident as me or are you feeling a little less? Well, because we've talked about it and said we're going to batter somebody at some point, we're probably going to get beat 1-0, aren't we? Uh, it's the way it typically works. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm going to say 2-0. I'm going to say 2-0. Um, I think ideally what I would like is just to basically beat a team comfortably where even though we were penned in a little bit, Against uh, against Bolton, I didn't necessarily feel like they were going to score at any time because of how how well we were doing defensively. But I I don't want to spend the last ten minutes of a game at home to Cheltenham worrying about that, and that's no disrespect to them. I I would just like to see us play with a relative ease, knocking the ball about because the game's already wrapped up. So I, I'm going to go two nil, um, and fingers crossed. Like I said, you know we've um, we've been creating a, a lot of chances and. At some point, they're, 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 good. they're going to go in against somebody. Yeah, right. Cheers, mate. I think we'll wrap up there. If people uh, check back after Tuesday's game, of course, we will uh, might have a podcast. I don't know. Depends if any of us... Have, depends how the result goes. If, if we do battle them, I might fancy, fancy a pint after the game. Um, if not, we'll be back, of course, every day this week on Rotoport.com with all your regular fan-written articles, all the good stuff that we usually come out with. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you later. Thanks for joining us. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.